0: welcome to positive talk radio our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time so stay with us as right now we present are we gonna have a good time today we have the opportunity to talk to a couple of folks that are doing something and uh, I had no idea how how intricate it is and how big it is and how it is, you know, taking, really is taking the country by storm. And that is virtual gaming and virtual gaming in in competition style stuff. And uh, we're going to be talking with the CEO and the COO, whatever that means, uh, of the company. And that's uh, Ron Hamlin and Evan McGraw. And uh, thank you guys for being here. And the name of the company, by the way, is Virtual Reload. You can go to virtualreload.com and you can find out all kinds of information about them. And in fact, how you can get involved with their coaching program, so that if you have a child, or if you are someone who acts like a child, and would like to get into virtual gaming, and there's actually, I'm told, there's quite a little bit of money involved in this, and as well as uh, as well as uh, sponsorships and um, um, college um, uh, scholarships and all kinds of stuff. So, so gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: great kevin thank you thank you kevin appreciate
0: okay. you having us oh no no problem i i've been wanting to do this for quite some time because i know nothing you know i grew up and i was talking to Evan earlier i grew up with atari um um and uh, also like asteroids and when i was 21 i would go to the bar because i could now and uh, take uh, ten dollars worth of quarters, and and they had a row of Asteroid machines, which was a brand new technology at the time. And mm-hmm. so I'd sit there for several hours and and learn how to play uh, Asteroids. It was it was really it was a lot of fun. So, but you guys are this is a whole different thing than that. What tell yep. tell me what you guys do?
2: Well, we do uh, coaching for esports, and for those that don't know what esports is, it's essentially competitive video gaming. Um, you could compare it to your traditional sport, soccer, football, hockey, whatever, where there are either teams or individuals on two sides, and they are competing to uh, to beat the other the other team or player.
0: Absolutely. So now, when you are playing this, and and there are teams that assemble themselves as well, right? So you you can have how many people are on a team?
2: Uh. I think oh, it depends. six. I think six is the maximum currently that's out there, um, but there are games where you can drop into where there's a hundred people competing, and th- those either individual or up to four people on a team for that size of a lobby. Just depends yeah. on the game we're talking about, right? Um, Rocket oh, okay. League is three on three. Uh, Smash Brothers is one or two v two. Um, yeah, uh, Kevin. Call of uh... Duty
1: is six that when, we're, uh, when Ron and I are talking to, to school districts about starting eSports programs, we tell them, uh, you know, you're not just adding, you're tacking on another team to your athletic department. You're talking about um, adding a whole nother department, similar to your athletic department, uh, where you have multiple games that have, are single players, you know, 1v1, you have 3v3, 5v5, 6v6, and then you have, um, you know, as Ron had just mentioned, Um, Every man for himself and like 80 to 100 people online battle arenas. So it's really hard to uh, just like pin it down to like one particular game. Uh, But what has made this opportunity for Virtual Reload so great and for all the the gamers out there is that there are so many different opportunities. There's so many different types of games. There are sports related games, fighting games, first person shooters, uh, real time strategy games, multiplayer online battle arenas. The possibilities are endless right now, and uh, you know we're we're really excited to help you know bring the opportunities to those players who are you know currently doing this for fun, but don't ha- necessarily have the, the same opportunity that athletes have, like the more traditional athletes.
0: You know I saw and in downtown Seattle one time, uh, they had these huge screens. They were like I don't know like eight by twenty or something, and they were they were and they were playing video games. Um, and I can't remember which video game it was, but they had a, a, a like a board next to it, and it had prize winnings mm-hmm. um, that that was there. And there was a lot of numbers on some of those uh, prize winnings that yeah. uh, that people were competing for. Um, so it's it's become a re- and and it became a spectator spectator sport because mm-hmm. a lot of people were sitting there watching <laughs> the guys play. Yeah,
1: really? absolutely. Yep. And, yeah. Twitch uh, is a, a very popular program or a platform and a very popular uh, company right now. And their whole platform is watch other people play games, essentially. Uh, you can stream other things on Twitch, but it's it started out and it's mostly people streaming their gameplay, and you just sitting there watching it.
0: You know, I was I was uh, listening to a um, um, an interview with the Seattle Seahawks, which is of course the football players. And they they uh, have in in amongst between themselves have Call of Duty uh, tournaments. Yeah. In, with them is that is that also something is that now is that what would be called a first person shooter?
2: Yeah, yes. and it depends. So you're usually on a team in Call of Duty as well, so it's a team based first person shooter. Yep.
0: And um, and so the guys the guys let's look at the setup. The guys have uh, headsets and microphones, and then they can communicate with each other. And, they're, and they decide how they're going to attack the other side, and, yep. and they can
2: be anywhere. They can be sitting anywhere in the world. They don't have to be right next to each other to, to be on the same team and do that.
0: How much practice does that take to coordinate six people? <laughs>
2: oh man, that's why. That's probably why we exist, right? I mean, to, <laughs> you're, you're not only coaching. The thing is, like when you get into the team titles, you're not only coaching the how the how to the fundamentals of the of that game. But you're also teaching positional awareness, map awareness. You know where, where, how to coordinate with your team. The military actually uses a Call of Duty style game to train their platoons. Really? Yeah. For for communication and things like that, they'll they'll come together in, yeah, in a game where they're yeah. yeah. So
0: so give us a, give us the history. How long has this been going on? Where did it start? And and uh, what what opportunities are out there for these kids, who? You know, may may not be physically gifted or six foot four to go play football, yeah. but they love the game, and uh, would love to be able to play on a team. And it may be virtual, and it may be a, a video game, but they can still play. Yeah. Well, uh, well, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So, so you could say some of the earliest uh, esports competitions were in the late '80s. There, there were some things going on all the way back then, but it didn't become. An opportunity for for education until more recently, maybe in the last five or six years, um, there the college the colleges started taking a hold of it and offering, a uh, varsity spots on their esports teams for which the players could earn scholarships to help pay for their schooling.
0: Wow! So and now so, there's
2: like five, I think like five hundred colleges around the nation that have an esports program, and about half of those, I might I might be inflating those numbers a little bit. It might be closer to three hundred and and, and or so, but uh, yeah.
0: How does it? How, how do they set up a a, a, a esports system?
2: Well, they'll usually yeah. do something like a facility where they will have like a almost like an auditorium style thing, where you've got the big screen and you've got pe- people that can come in and sit and watch the screen, and then the players are sitting there um, facing the audience, typically on some sort of a stage with a, a system in front of them. If it's if it's anything but like smash brothers basically it's going to be on a computer
1: and yeah uh and you know kevin uh when it comes to uh, like esports events and things like that america uh, the u.s is really behind compared to the rest of the world in um you know other countries like brazil uh, the koreas uh, places like that they're selling out arenas and people are sitting watching these eSports uh, events take place. Uh, if you or your, your uh, viewership want to look at a, a really good example of that, uh, League of Legends Worlds is uh, probably the, the largest eSports event that's going on right now for viewership and for uh, in-person viewership as well. Uh, in, you know, for the past several years, the, the League of Legends World Championship has uh, surpassed in viewership the Super Bowl. You know, that that's our gold standard here in the U.S. And they have surpassed it by you know, millions of viewers. And uh, so, like, when it comes to that, we're, we're really behind the eight ball. And, um, you know, we're. it's an interesting question when you say, how do you set something up like that up? It, what Ron and I have uh, found out is that it mirrors our traditional um, you know, sports leagues very easily you know you set up uh, you know, conferences divisions and you have your own team and um, you go ahead and create a schedule and things like that it for whatever reason you're very slow to adopt it and and i couldn't tell you why because there are so many players out there that are highly skilled that are playing amongst themselves right now uh the uh, you know all the infrastructure exists within all the, the schools you know all the way down to the middle school level, middle school, high schools, colleges, and universities all have the, the capacity and the infrastructure to be able to do this. They just, for whatever reason, are very slow to adopt it. And uh, we don't know why, but that is the, the problem that we're trying to solve by uh, approaching these organizations and, and you know, telling them exactly what they need to do in order to create these programs and, and help them set up these programs so that they can compete against one another. And uh, as you had mentioned earlier, you know, offer these players who are highly skilled at what they do um, they're just not, you know, athletically gifted, um, but prefer to have, the, you know, compete in this other medium, give them the same opportunities that everybody else has.
0: You know, just, it just struck me. if you If you're telling me that, and I have no reason to doubt you, but if you're telling me that there are video games that are being played and being watched by more people than the Super Bowl, that means... That there is, you know how much a 30-second a commercial on the Super Bowl yep. costs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This well, no, the, the,
1: money that
2: right was, the, the money yeah. for that segment is out is upwards of $30 million of prize money.
0: Holy colito. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge. So you could actually, in this day and age, you can be an e-gamer, and you can make a really quite a nice living if you're good at what
1: you do. Yes, very much so. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and what's remarkable about today's youth is that uh, they're they're getting into this a lot sooner, and they're they're being uh, pretty entrepreneurial about it. Uh, they're setting up their own YouTube channels, they're setting up their own Twitch channels, and the, they're launching into it you know feet first. And quite a few of them have actually become very successful brands on their own at a very young age.
0: That that is that is remarkable. You know, and I was just thinking about it because I'm a football fan. I played football in high, in college in high school, and oh, uh, and I was actually very good. But what position? I was a nose guard. Nose guard. Oh,
1: okay. Right.
0: But, but I mean, I'm I had the distinction of having the only I played in, in one of the games I played in, and I, this is my bragging rights. One of the games I played in, the announcer said at one point, "Tackle made by," because they always announced who made the tackle. It's like, I did like five or six of them in a row. And the tackle made by guess who? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nice. But, but I was just thinking about it. And uh, with the understanding now of the concussions and the physical brutality of the games, you know, we still want to watch them. We still want to see them. But I'm wondering if down the road, a true to life football like Madden that could be. True to life, could you could have a, a league rather than guys actually going out and, and hurting themselves? You could you could have leagues like that. That would make a lot of sense. And people yeah. and now that they can bet on football, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, on the
2: note of Madden, on talking about Madden, um, legally. a lot of the NFL teams have Madden teams as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've seen that a lot. It's not just uh, football either, but basketball as well. You know, the NBA, uh, MLB, and, and uh, NFL all have sister um, accounts where uh, you know they'll you know, uh, recruit their own teams and participate in uh, you know, tournaments between one another with, but well, with esports players rather than actual players. And then sometimes they'll they'll do both where they'll um, compete there. You know, actual athletes against one another and similar types of competition but uh, you know what it all comes down to is you know money uh, you you have to follow the money uh, most of the the major sponsors right now uh, haven't seen the uh, return on investment for sponsoring eSports events just yet um, they'll they'll get to it eventually uh, but that's when you're going to start to see esports really explode is when uh, Start to realize that there's uh, you know, a lot of money in, in advertising, things like that. But uh, what the esports community takes so much pride in is that it's very much a grassroots uh, you know, community. Like they they built it up themselves. They didn't need help from anybody else. And so that's why they're they're not completely enveloped by the rest of the you know, sponsorship economy. Uh, so much. Well,
0: it's 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 very much. I think it's very much like. Um, in the early days, what Facebook was, mm-hmm. and and what some of the other social media the people said, how are they going to make any money? They're not going to make any money doing that. Well, they they figured it out that, that if it out, people not. watch. Oh yeah, they they can make money. So let's let's switch a little bit and talk about Virtual Reload. How do you guys get involved with the marketplace, and how do you help uh, kids and? and put it all together so that because, you know, there's somebody that's out there going, I can't get my child out of the basement. And he plays this thing and he's really good. And people yell at him all the time because he beats them all the time. And uh, he could he could make a six figure income uh, doing this um, if if he was good enough. How do you help them?
2: Uh, Well, so we uh, we do that twofold. We are actually kind of multi-layered but it's faceted we help we help oh, yeah. start uh programs with schools uh, high schools and um with as far as like providing all of the knowledge and the coaching to those schools for their programming we also run summer camps where students come out and hang out with us for a week and we teach them you know whether it be rocket league or smash bros and other aspects of of esports outside of just playing the game um in fact the last two summers we've run camps and, uh, the last day of the week. Uh, each at each camp, the kids are running their own tournament, doing the stream, all of that. So, that's one another thing we do. We provide one on one coaching and we also host tournaments. Our biggest thing right now is uh, Smash Brothers, we run that weekly here in Greenville.
0: I'd never heard of that particular game, I've never played it. What's it like? Well, how do you
2: play it? So, it's uh, it's um, I was I was almost gonna say it's all of the Nintendo characters, but it's also a lot of other um, uh, what are the universe characters example of kazia from uh street fighter things like that so basically it's a it's a brawl game you're, you're all on a platform and typically it's one one v one one person on each side and your whole goal is to knock them off the platform so they can't recover and they have you have
1: typically three three lives to do that in like yeah, so It's like a fighting game, game. Yeah, fighting it, game. It, 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 It's boxing between Mario and Luigi, essentially, and you jump around and throw each other off the platforms, things like that. So, uh, yeah, um, I think the vernacular is that it's a uh, fighting game, FGC,
2: right? No, it's a, a, uh, I think they call it a platform fighter. FGC is like actual Street Fighter. Those kinds of games where you don't you don't leave the stage. Do, do you see all the
1: nuances, Kevin? <laughs> I do. <laughs> right. we're like we're talking about the difference between boxing and sumo wrestling, essentially. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, they, I, I was going to mention that it sounds very much like it would be. Sumo wrestling with with a boxing twist in it that you can punch them. In. Well,
1: yeah. And, you know, now that I think about it, it's it's very uh, similar to like the, the current um, you know high school wrestling where you can get points for, you know, pinning somebody essentially. Or you can also get points for throwing them out of the, the circle. Right. So there, there are multiple different ways that you can win. In the, in the particular match, but um, you know, what what's great about it is that um, there are so many different um, characters and characters essentially correlate to a different fighting style. So they, they all have different you know, techniques and, and things like that, that um, you can adopt and become good at and uh, use to your advantage. Um, so, you know, it's, and uh, that game in and of itself has so much, uh, you know, nuance in it that um, we've been able to set up local tournaments, as Ron had mentioned. Uh, it, it's a, a game that has uh, quite a following because it um, ha- has a rich history in you know, local tournaments, things like that. So um, the competitors like to uh, compete face to face. So we've been able to set up tournaments uh, locally where they come and bring their own setups, and um, you know we can run brackets and things like that, and just have, like a, a friendly competition.
0: Now, you, you guys can help me dispel some of the myths that my um, oldest son believes about video gaming. Okay. And that is that it's all, it's all rigged um, and that the, the, the games are set up so that it's hard for you to win. Or if you're playing another player who's better than you, they, they know the ins and outs of the game so that they can use some of their techniques to sneak up on you and kill you and all that kind of stuff that you might not know. Is that, is, is that kind of true? Or is well, that-, that's a
2: little, that is a bit of a loaded question. I, I wouldn't say that the games by themselves are rigged. However, there is a possibility of somebody cheating. Um, so anti-cheating, things that you can do to kind of watch and confirm if someone actually is cheating, um, that's a big thing that goes into the process of hosting a tournament. Yeah. Um, however, that's also why uh, we are an entity, because if you, let's say, um, have been playing the game for 1,000 hours versus someone who's been playing the game for 100 hours, the person with 1,000 hours of experience is going to know way more than the one with 100 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Or, but if you take that person with hundred hours and you put them with a coach who has the five thousand hours of experience, and that coach can come back and show the new player the ropes, that's what will give them an advantage over the veteran of the game.
0: Now, do they establish um, um, levels by number of hours played, or is that one Not of? Not the... so
2: much. It's just you know, like when mm-hmm. anything you do, the more hours you put into it, the better you're going to be. There is, there are levels. It doesn't increase your skill. Uh, like You you don't get an advantage if, you, if you're if ranked higher in the game. There are ranks in a lot of these games, right? Um, but it doesn't give you any kind of an advantage. In fact, what it does is it puts you with players who are a similar rank as you most of the time. So right. if, as you get better, you're going to play
1: against better and better players. Yeah, you know, and your rank is usually determined by your win-loss record. Yeah, and in some other games, they'll actually go they'll get a little bit more granular and uh, you know, talk about like your your accuracy and, and other types of uh, track uh, traceable uh, statistics and things like that. But it's typically it's win-loss record, and they they have hierarchies. Um, so depending on what your percentages are, uh, you'll reach higher levels of um, you know rank. And typically, the professionals are obviously at the highest rank. So they, they also usually use the uh, the precious metal standard. So you know bronze, silver, gold, and then uh, they can increase from there like diamond, diamond. master, grandmaster, things like that.
0: Now I, I can to I ask you a question just off the off the side because I I'm not sure that this actually happened or not because I uh, was I was playing a game uh, called Pro Golf Tour, um, PG Go, Pro Golf Tour on the computer. And and they they have it where one of the things is you you're playing against another guy mm-hmm. or another gal on uh, and it's like a nine a nine hole tournament <clears throat> and he said that he was he was broadcasting on FaceTime our our match
2: I suppose that's possible it's the first time I've heard of someone using FaceTime for streaming their gameplay but yeah you can stream your gameplay on your end so basically everything you see on your own screen you can push out to multiple platforms uh, twitch youtube facebook apparently mm. apparently facetime
0: <laughs> well i don't know if it was facetime or just facebook but it was oh, maybe it was
2: facebook oh, yeah live on facebook. Facebook, was
1: yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah but he had an audience and yep. so he was trash talking every- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh,
1: did you beat him did you beat him kevin i hope you did
0: <laughs> well wow. he was he was ahead oh. and then I sunk an 18 foot putt on the 18th hole to tie it or on the ninth okay, hole to tie nice, it. Nice. And then they have a, uh, one hole, one shot, a tiebreaker that they do. And he beat me by two feet. Um, so, but, but he, I mean, he had like, he had a whole entourage. Apparently I didn't know whether he was just taking me out or whether it was real.
2: No, he would Yeah. It makes total it sense. Happened. Have a live audience they're watching you, they're probably giving him, uh, uh, bits and things like that to help pay for his, what he does, because there are people that stream and that's all they do for their income, because they're getting supported either through Twitch ads or from people that are, um, you know, the, their viewers are supporting them. They're paying them these five dollar here and there kind of things to to give them money. Yeah,
1: that, that, uh, going back to what I said earlier, that's part of how uh, you know entrepreneurial these gamers are. If you have a big enough following. And uh, you have enough followers on whatever platform it is, whether it's YouTube or or Twitch, uh, they uh, usually both. And they're covering all their bases. um, They will monetize your channel, and so that they can push ads, and they'll share a portion of that ad revenue with you. How
0: many how many listeners or viewers do you have to have to to generate? Because like Facebook. I know is like you have to have a thousand hours, no four thousand hours and a thousand subscribers, in you know before they'll even consider monetizing you. But for for some of these, how many how many listeners or, or watchers or viewers do you need to have?
2: Each platform has its own little rule set. Uh, Twitch is a pretty low threshold. Um, it's 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 a combination of how many times do you stream, how many hours do you stream, and how many uh, followers do you have, and uh, you work
1: during. The- Yeah. And so uh, a platform like Twitch, for example, um, they also have uh, rules around um, subscriptions. So you can um, sign on to have a subscription to a particular streamer where you pay monthly and a portion of that um, goes to the streamer. And then they also have the option of providing donations. So just during a particular stream, if you're uh, particularly happy about it, you know, you can just give them money uh, during the stream.
0: Well, apparently, I'm in the wrong business. I need to do the <laughs> video game business,
1: <laughs> but I couldn't sharpen your esports skills. Go to virtualreload.com.
0: My hands don't work that fast anymore, and my eye, hand-eye coordination. <laughs> like I tried playing uh, uh, Call of Duty. Forget it. Forget about it. I couldn't do it. I yeah. I couldn't do it as fast as and and to, to do the things of changing the weapons and doing all of those things that that, that you do.
1: Yeah, it it is definitely an acquired skill and it it requires a a lot of practice as well. And uh, so, you know, that's part of the reason why um, we started Virtual Reload is to help you know kids hone those skills because uh, a lot of them are naturally gifted and others are are gifted in other areas but could use just a little bit of coaching in order to get them there. And um, one of the things that uh, we discovered on this journey, which I I think is uh, Pretty important is that a lot of the um, the players who have made it to that next level that have found spots on the, the few collegiate or university teams that are out there and available, um, they're all uh, you know, classically trained, right? So they haven't been on a team before, uh, of any kind, and they they also have um, big fish small pond syndrome as well, so. Uh, they're used to playing online against strangers, but uh, they're also used to playing uh, in person with all their friend group, and they're the best of their friend group, and they've never really been challenged. And so now all of a sudden they make it to the next level and they have responsibilities. Essentially, you need to keep your spot on the team in order to keep your scholarship. And all of a sudden they they feel uh, a little bit more pressure in order to, to perform. And they're also used to being the best player on their team. And now all of a sudden they're in a room with a bunch of other players they can look to their left and look to their right and see somebody who's just as skilled as them. And so now they feel a little bit threatened as well. So a lot of the coaches that uh, we've talked to and interviewed for uh, positions and things like that have said, I have spent more time being a psychologist than I have an actual coach just trying to get these players to to cooperate and and work together. And that is something that they've been missing, not being a part of organized sports or uh, any kind of extracurricular activity growing up just playing um, you know in their their small you know friend groups or online in esports and you know certainly acquiring that talent but not really having the other benefits of being uh, a member of a team and being coached
0: boy i got to tell you you know it opens up a completely new world cuz you right. know when you get I hear a lot that, you know, video games, you just sit downstairs and you just play your video games and you become antisocial. And, you know, if it was a shooting game, you may end up going getting an AR 15 and go, you know, do. Entire- there's
2: actually been studies that shows that those two things are not linked.
0: I know. <laughs> I, I, I know, but they still, they, they still say them, um, you know, but, uh, but so now you could take a kid and teach him social skills And Mm -hmm. how to work with other people, how to work in the framework of a team, how to be a part of a group and all of that. And uh, you're right. I would think that it would take a coach. You would have to be really good as a coach to be able to build all that and meld it together. But it's it's necessary for a lot of these kids.
2: I like to say that esports takes gaming that can can potentially be negative for the child. And turns it into a positive because we are still we are instilling the same things they're going to get through football or hockey or any other sport, right? Because one of the things that one of our um, partners was talking about for a while with hockey is when they come on the rink and they talk to them for the first time, they always tell them, you know, you're here, but it's not it's not hockey. You know, you're not here to learn hockey because when you play on a team, you learn how to how to cooperate, how to communicate, how to take instruction. It's, it's way more about all of that than it is what you're actually doing on the field or on the ring. So that's the okay. same thing for eSports.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're talking about uh, peewee football, for example, uh, Kevin, you're a football player. Uh, what do they teach you when you, you first put on uh, the pads in peewee? It's not like formations or anything like that. It's not trick plays. It's how do you become a good team player?
0: Yep, how to work with people because there's no there's no I in team. I'm sure you've heard that before. Yep. And and you can't, uh, if you got on a team with 11 other guys, and if you're good and they're not, and you're not working together uh, to achieve a common goal, that's what I loved about team sports is that you're working hmm. together to achieve a common goal. And you're not going to succeed if just one of you is good and everybody else isn't working together it's a matter of all working together and some of the best uh, mentors i've had in my life were coaches for that very reason they understood the concept of we need to everybody needs to work together Uh, and you're no better than the worst player on your team
1: yeah absolutely and you know we we see that example all the time as well at that next level also uh, where a, a player will come to a team and they're particularly skilled in one aspect of the game but not necessarily skilled, especially if it's a team game, of being a team player. You know, to use nose guard, which you played as a a perfect example, you could be nose guard and be good at rushing the passer. But if there is a scenario where you need to just hold the line and and hold your gap and defend the run, if all you're good at is rushing the passer and you don't have that other skill, well, then you're going to leave the whole rest of your defense out to try, right?
0: Yep, yep. And there are times when you have to give yourself up in order to uh, occupy two guys, so that the linebacker can make the play.
1: Yeah, yep. Absolutely, and you know these these kids who, who train themselves on um, in esports. Some of, a lot of the time they like to focus on particular aspects of it, and then they become good at that, and not so good at the other things. So um, you, I, I can't tell you how many times we've talked to a collegiate or university coach who've said. Uh, We have a particularly skilled player at this position who is good at one thing. We need to break them down and teach them other things. And But usually when that process happens, they become a better player all around because now all of a sudden they're becoming a better team player and they're not just out there focused on themselves.
0: Now, most of these kids are young kids. And Mm -hmm. so I'm curious to know, how do you teach a kid who is the best in his little group? He always wins. He always does really well, and 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 then he gets into the bigger pond, and he's mm. not the best player. How do you keep him from getting frustrated and and uh, just uh, not not do, not proceeding to be the best that he can be, but saying, "Oh, it's rigged," or they're not, you know, and and then quitting and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, by providing them additional opportunities, right? Um, so right now there are very few opportunities for kids to go out there and compete in organized esports in their, uh, you know, the local community. Right, and so some of the things that Ron and I have, um, you know, discussed are um, year-round club teams. Right, so your elementary school doesn't have a team. Well, your local parks and rec uh, department can have a team. Uh, we can uh, create, you know, just private leagues. Where you know, I, I grew up as a swimmer. I was a part of um, a private swim club. Uh, We we met at other people's pools, but um, we swam, you know, every every other week, uh, you know, against other private club teams. Um, So, you know, we were able to have that level of competition. Uh, I mean, the the concept of things being rigged, uh, you know, esports has to have, uh, you know, oversight just like everybody else. We have to have referees. We have people who are, we, we call them moderators, but they're watching the competitions and make sure people aren't cheating. They're inspecting their um, their setups. If they bring them on site to make sure that there are no hacks into it, um, and we're we're watching the stream constantly to make sure that there isn't any cheating. Uh, I, I think I know where your uh, your son is coming from when he says that, that the game is rigged. Uh, Madden is famous for this. Um, if you are winning but barely uh, against the computer in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden the the computer becomes unbeatable. You can't stop them. They're just going to drive, and they're that you know they. They catch every pass. They're all deep. It, it's it's called like Madden unbeatable mode. <laughs> Everybody's aware of it. Yeah, he's right about that. <laughs> but, and, and on that yeah. same
2: note of Madden too, yeah. there was also a play. I don't know which year this happened or if it's still still a thing, but there is a play that you could use as as the offense that mm. the defense could never
1: like. You yeah, just the unbeatable process. Yeah. It was uh, – I remember one of those specifically It was back when Mike Allstott still played for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he was a fullback. And if you chose fullback dive, he would get five and a half yards every time. So you could just fullback dive, fullback dive all the way down the field and, you know, get a touchdown. So there were a lot of people who would have cheesy plays like that, and, you know, cheesing is something that, you know, some folks do. But you can get around that in organized eSports – Competitions by you know, setting particular rule sets about that. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, rule sets um, that we have established with our community, especially with Smash, um, the Smash Brothers, every week, where we say you know certain things are allowed, other things are not, and uh, you know that's why we have tournament organizers. Everything that you need for a, a traditional or an analog sport, like we like to say, is um, also required for esports, and you know the, the so the framework is there. With all the analog sports, and you can just very easily copy and paste that over to esports, and have you know a flourishing you know, esports community with you know competition, healthy competition, helping out all these players. And you know for whatever reason, it it just it hasn't materialized quite yet. But that, you know again, that's what Ron and I are working on is establishing that.
0: I, I think well, we're a little slow, but I think that we're, I I think that we're going to have to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, because there aren't enough, well, let's take again football for an example. Um, they're finding out that uh, um, concussions have a lifelong, and there are kids that are prone to them. Yeah. Other, I, I played for four years. I boxed. I did. A, I never had a concussion in my life, but there were people because I'm hard headed. But there are people.
1: <laughs> I had a concussion. I slept on the pool deck. I had a concussion. <laughs> you know. And it happens. Yeah,
0: it, it, it happens. But but uh, they're they're going to get to the point. But if a 18 year old has has a series of concussions, it's going to affect him his entire life, and it's not worth it. And so they're going to have, they're trying to protect him more and more. But it may end up that that some of these things are going to have to go away. It's, it's like as an example, boxing, I think, or MMA. As an, those are two things that would be much done much better virtually than they are because people get really hurt when they when they're doing those things. Yeah. But they still got skills and, and it would be fun it would be fun to watch the guys that are playing especially if a, a 4 foot 2 inch guy can beat the 6 foot 9. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, but you know the um MMA and boxing uh, like they're they're combat sports in, in the purest form, you know, it's man mano y mano in the ring. But um what is great about esports is that it, it adds so many other capabilities to the, the particular combat, like you can fly through the air, you can shoot fireballs at each other. So, uh, you know, it, it adds other, um, you know, elements to the, the particular match that, uh, you know, those games exist, you know, the, the, the boxing games and, and the MMA games, but they're not as prevalent in the esports community because I think like, there are just so many different capabilities that you have in the, the other more popular games. Um, you know, uh, other different ways of defeating your opponent and, you know, also being entertained at the same time.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, inter- <laughs> it's interesting. Yesterday, uh, I went to see Avatar, the new movie yeah. that's out. The Way of Water, was it any good? Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, you know, but it was like watching a, a video game. Yeah. like during the fight scenes and stuff it was virtually like exactly like watching a video game and uh but i mean it, it it was fun and the the graphics were incredible and all that kind of stuff but but so but so i suspect that there's going to be a video game that is just like that uh, um that movie it was, it was really it was something so but you say that overseas they are a lot more prevalent than they are here mm-hmm. have you figured out why that is
1: um I, uh, I mean, so we haven't been able to pinpoint it to you know a particular reason for why, um, you know, one of the issues is definitely uh, infrastructure. So uh, you know, all all the the chips are made over in uh, you know South Korea, uh, Vietnam, things like that. So they have better infrastructure, uh, and they're also uh, you know much more dense um, populated uh, population wise. So you know, in America we're, we're spread out. Um, so Uh, You know, when you get to the higher levels of that uh, type of competition, your Internet speed is is definitely um, important. Um, And uh, I I think it's also just cultural as well. So um, there's a lot more. um, Yeah, I, I think here in the States, there was some stigma around video game playing.
0: I think I think video games, to put it bluntly, have gotten a bad rap. By a segment of our population that doesn't think that they have any value, and I disagree with that. Yeah. I think they've got
2: yeah. There's there's a lot more value to games than just East, what esports provides. Anyways, um, you can you can learn multiple things, uh, problem problem solving skills, um, you know, somewhat of a hand eye coordination process. Mm-hmm. It, it activates things in your brain. Like there's just so many positive things that comes from it that economics. That I, I, yeah yeah
1: yeah a, a part of starcraft um, starcraft has been one of the uh, the longest played um, esports competitions uh, you know on on the highest scale and there is a, a whole faction of utilizing resources that you gather in an economic way that it all comes down to milliseconds on how you spend these particular resources in order to grow your army in a particular time
0: is that kind of like uh, age of empires
1: yeah. yes so it's a real-time strategy game and uh, it only has like two uh, actual uh, resources that is like minerals and gas things like that. But yeah, it takes place in in space. It's, it's Warcraft in space, essentially. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and it is it, it's really interesting. It, it requires a lot of practice and high coordination and, and timing, and you have to be aware of the clock. And um, you also have to have your strategy preset so that once the game launches. Again, it all comes down to milliseconds. If you have built your army uh, a few milliseconds faster than your opponent, you can get the jump on them and and win the game. And we have uh, had professional um, tournaments and professional players in StarCraft for a little over a decade, I think. I remember playing it in high school, and um, I'm way up there myself.
0: (laughs) Now, do you guys recommend, as coaches, and Hmm. a lot of these kids are kids, Do You recommend that they limit their screen time to a. Yes. Um, to, to, go ahead, Ron.
2: Yeah. So the thing is that someone that is in shape, as far as what you're eating healthy and, and exercising and all of that, is going to outperform someone who's not. So the balance of how much time are you in front of the screen versus how much time are you doing other things in your life um, is a big deal. I mean, you're not, you're not, when you're a football player, you're not on the field all the time. If you did, you would end up injured a lot more a lot more chance of injury than just playing the practices in the games, right? So right. it's the same thing with esports. You don't want to be in front of the screen playing that game. You can actually get burnt out. Not so much like mentally. Like well, I said all is kind of mental in that in that regard, but you can get so into such a funk of trying to get over a particular issue in the game, um, if you if you pound it too hard. So you've got to actually Uh, step back, take, take those breaks, um, have a life, not just have a life.
1: (laughs) But again, these, these kids who are are grinding hours upon hours uh, at the game, they're probably not doing it in the most efficient manner. Right. Uh, Like, you know, again, in football, would you want to spend 10 hours a day hitting the sled or would you want to try and concentrate on something different uh, like weightlifting or your, uh, your physical conditioning or um, you know, techniques, things like that The um, only thing right. that
0: came into play was one time we were on a losing streak and the and the coach got really upset with us and he said and because the offensive line wasn't doing well and mm-hmm. so he had us hit the sled hit the sled hit the sled until somebody threw up and he said now you know how far you can go and but that was part of the teaching technique anyway yeah uh, but absolutely. but i i love the concept of a holistic approach mm-hmm. to gaming yeah yeah absolutely
1: uh and it's it, like we said, it's going to take off, absolutely, and it should have a long time ago. So, you know, we're we're doing our best to bring holistic esports gaming to to the U.S.
0: By the way, we are talking with Ron and Evan, and they are VirtualReload.com. Go there and find out more information about them. They've got coaching starting at twenty bucks. I can afford twenty bucks, even. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So if you want to beat your kids, Kevin, and, you know, just go. With, <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> I, well, I, that's, yeah.
0: I, yeah, I'll never. I I don't have enough time to spend uh, doing that. But at the same time, if you are a kid and you're spending time in playing video games anyway, and mm-hmm. uh, you're good and. I would, I would hire you guys to help them get to the next level because they can monetize it. You can actually even pay for school. You can get a, a, a scholarship or you can make enough money to pay for your education. That that would be not, not a bad... And I can't think of a better way to make a living than if, right? if you are doing something that you love. And that's yeah. all...
1: What you would do. you rather do, right. mow lawns or, or play video games?
0: Exactly, <laughs> especially... Yeah. Now, if you, if you and I... If I came to you, Ron, and said, "Okay, Ron, I want to set up a tournament. Tournament, how much does it cost to get that
2: done?" Well, right now, we uh, most of our tournaments are are covered by the uh, players coming to pay for a ticket uh, to play. So our our weeklies are ten dollars a player, and the the monthlies are fifteen fifteen dollars a player.
0: So it's so it's, we it's we very do, it's inexpensive anyway.
2: So yeah. Yep. but is it
0: but is it to set up the screens and the, and the technologies and all that stuff does it take like thousands of dollars or can a um, a um, um, a parks department set it up and keep within their budget kind of thing
2: well that's the other thing I was going to mention earlier in, in our conversation so depending on your actual budget available to you you can pretty much do it one way or the other. With like with very little bit of amount of money or with as much money as you have. Because you can either provide all the gaming systems to the players to come in and compete in your space, or you could have them be in a home situation. Like in a, a parks and rec department, right? Their their monies are what they are. So they could have them compete with what they already have on hand. Like the play the players coming to join that that league already have either a PlayStation or a computer or whatever to handle the games they want to play. So they could organize it to where they are playing from the house, or bringing their equipment to the, the venue to play there.
0: No, that's 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 pretty cool. Because then then you can have a screen, uh, mm-hmm. a large screen, so that people can watch people playing from their house and their other their online stuff, right?
2: Yep. Yep.
0: That's that's pretty cool. That 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 really is. That's we're getting to the point. I I really think technology is going to take us there very quickly fact, i think it already has hasn't it
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean that the technology exists right now you know as ron said um your the the tournament that you want to put on is going to be as good as your investment you know that that you want to make uh, you know we provide a lot of infrastructure for some of the um, the local tournaments that we put on just because we've been in the business for a while and uh, we have um, built up that inventory Uh, If you are a parks and recs department or an organization that wants to have regular esports tournaments, things like that, we would suggest that you invest in that infrastructure yourself. But um, a lot of what we broadcast to our local audience um, is, you know, like you said, on a screen and the same thing that we're broadcasting to our virtual audience, which is our Twitch channel. Um, And uh, before you know it, uh, we've been talking about combat sports and, and NFL and things like that. Um, the virtual reality is is going to take over. So soon we're going to have virtual reality esports
0: and things like that. So it's, oh, and that that will be really fun. here.
1: Yeah.
0: Can, now, can you um, can you put virtual reality stuff on the screen so that people can watch it while it's Absolutely. happening?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we have a we have a local company that we partner with several times that um you'll they have a like an arena they bring around with them and set up and. The, the space is made in such a way that when you're in, when you've got the headset on and you can only see your environment, you, you're not going to walk out of your okay. space you're able to be in. Right. And then what they'll do is they'll have a, a screen playing where it's showing what the people are experiencing in the game.
0: Oh, that's it. That's pretty cool. I got a suggestion for you or a thought. Yeah. Go ahead. How about we, uh, um, you, you go to the mayor of 10 cities mm-hmm. and you say, we would like to form a virtual, I don't know, basketball or, or, or football league. And so they have to live in the city. Then you have um, a, um, a competition to form the team within that city. And then they play the other cities in the league uh, based upon the skills that, you know, as they put it together. Um that would be. That would be. I think. Right. Be yeah, we can have conferences
1: yeah. and divisions, and they set up schedules. And
0: yeah, you can have. You can, can have, have all that. End stuff. of year championship,
1: and we'll call it Super Something. Uh, it's, it's, super uh, Bowl it's, taken. We'll, we'll call it something else.
0: Uh virtual reality uh, <laughs> Super Bowl thing. Yeah. Do, yeah. Something.
1: Yeah. So. Well, like I said, it's all, all that infrastructure and, and how to handle it is already set up and has been um, you know handled very well and we just need to you know copy paste that over to, to eSports, and it'll take off.
0: So how long have you guys been around?
2: Uh, I think we're going on three to four years now. I, I don't remember exactly when we started, but it's been a little while. We started during the pandemic
1: so um,
0: well, and that, that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah absolutely and we were mostly focused on the remote coaching aspect of it because it was the pandemic everything was remote um and we were you know trying to see what we could do to assist the esports community once the pandemic ended and everybody came out of it so we started out um from like a purely coaching standpoint let's sharpen your skills at whatever particular game that you're good at so that, you know, when this is all over or when you take the next step from high school to to college, you can earn those scholarships. You can, um, you know, better yourself that way. And uh, then we just started expanding from there.
0: So did the original idea begin over a cocktail in a bar?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, I was on my back porch (laughs) 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 Uh, and we were talking just like this (laughs) I think it was a couple of months before we actually
2: met each other in person, right, Ron? Yeah, I'd already been doing some things before we met. So, I I had an idea of starting a new business in this area, and my vision initially was a land center. Um, and I hadn't known what esports was at that time. I learned about I learned about esports from a guy who does shoutcasting, which is your sports announcer, but he does it for esports. Oh, and I was oh like, for heaven's oh, sakes! Is big.
0: Are you telling me that there are pay- people getting paid to to uh, announce uh, esports?
2: Yes, Absolutely. yes. He travels all over it... the world. Right now, he's in uh, he's in Vegas, which he moved there. Um, but he's been mm, in Saudi uh,
0: Arabia. Let's get ready to rumble! In, yeah, in
1: essentially, he's been yeah. everywhere. So
0: <laughs> that... everything
1: you need for analog sports, you need for esports as well. And that includes announcers and play by play.
0: Oh, goodness gracious. I'm in the wrong business again. Dang it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, what's great is that uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole industry. And um, Oklahoma State University, right, Ron? Um, we've been in touch with. Oh, no, you know, Oklahoma University, not State. Oklahoma State. University, sorry, not State. Boo State, Oklahoma University. <laughs> uh, they have um, <laughs> majors that you can major in for esports and go into one of those different verticals. So if you want to be in production and you wanna be in media production, but for esports, they have that major. If you want to be in a tournament organization or a graphics design, they have all that. And it's esports right, focused.
0: And that's a real forward thinking school and they're gonna they're gonna do really well with that. Yeah,
1: probably. they've also they're also providing scholarships
2: in all of those verticals as well, not just mm-hmm. the players on the team.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's 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 really cool that that they're not focusing because the interesting thing is scholarships in a lot of cases with like football players and basketball players and stuff those are they're funded but the kids don't have to necessarily go to school uh, they they hedge their bets a little bit because of the, the guy's really good I assume that that probably doesn't go on with with uh, this uh, with esports.
1: Uh, no, so there um, aren't really like rocks for jocks classes for esports. But what we found is that esports players, uh, you know, they their skill correlates really well to being good at STEM related fields. So you know, if you want um, your your child to become better at or already shows promise in a STEM related field, there's a lot of correlation between also being good at esports. So. Uh, we're also trying to, to help out in that, in that aspect
0: as well. Oh, that is that is just awesome. So, gentlemen, if somebody would like to get a hold of you guys, how's the best way to do it?
2: Uh, our website or Twitter or Facebook, we're everywhere. So, all right, Twitter is Virtual Reload. Uh, Facebook is The Virtual Reload, and the website is virtualreload.com.
0: And, they can, and they, they can talk to you about setting up a virtual coaching system and that you can work with them uh, re- virtually and and get, and get them better. Uh, any age group um, that you re- are restricted to or that um, can anybody we would, apply?
2: We wouldn't recommend any younger than, like, about 12 unless someone's, like, a prodigy. But kids aren't really into um, the depths of competition until a little bit older. So,
1: so, so starting at 12 and then...
2: Uh, yeah, well, on up to and no no limit. I mean, hey, if Kevin wants to learn how to play Call of Duty better, he can come hang, hang out with us.
0: I I just may do that if there's no I'm not, I'm not I'm not gifted <laughs> at that. But you know when my kids were young, they used to play Halo. Oh, is, yeah. there a, is there a Halo League? Absolutely.
2: Oh yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: and they used to I, I used to laugh at them because they would have a split screen because mm-hmm. it was just had the one screen. And they spent the whole time saying, screen looker, screen looker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So so now what happens if you catch somebody cheating? What happens to that kid?
2: Um, they get disqualified from whatever the tournament is. Uh, or if they, if they break code of conduct, that can happen too.
1: So they, they wouldn't be invited to future events. Uh, you know, word gets around pretty quickly about that.
0: And code of conduct is—I think—that's a great thing because that's very important. Absolutely. Yeah, we actually we had something
2: like that happen at, a, at a, one of our major events in the in the summer with Smash Bros. We had to DQ somebody because he was uh, talking, saying the but wrong they, kind of words to somebody else, and it was not—it was not pleasant. So yeah,
1: pretty unruly. And yeah, that—that's another—you know—positive aspect to having structured esports like what we're trying to set up now is that. You know, right now everybody is uh, keyboard warriors you know they're hiding behind their um, their screen and uh, talking over a microphone uh, it can be it can get pretty toxic so uh, you know, we're trying to also instill values and in, um, you know, sportsmanship
0: I can tell you from our conversation today and the research that I've done I see tons and tons and tons of positive and very very little negative
1: well thank you Kevin it's yeah. great to hear that Really appreciate
0: it. Because I, I any time that you can get people working together for a common cause, common good, even if it's a video game or what they can do with themselves that rather than just sit there and and, and beat their friends, they, they can have a goal and they can uh, that that can carry someone through their entire life. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations. I think oh, you great. guys are doing great great things for our kids. And uh, for those that say, no, video games are, the video games are here. They're not going anywhere. And people are going to be playing video games. And now it's virtual reality and all of that. I play ping pong on virtual reality.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Nice. It is. <laughs> I tell you, it's like playing ping pong. It's, yeah. it's weird. It's I great. Agree. Yeah. So anyway, I want you guys to, to, to have a couple of minutes before we end here to tell our audience why they should come work with you.
1: Take it Evan. <laughs> Me take it away? All go first. Right.
2: Well,
0: you know, um,
1: yeah. Uh, like Kevin said, you know, we're in this for the gamer, right? Um, there are so few opportunities for the gamers right now that uh, exist for other folks. And uh, you know, we know where your passions lie. We know what you're good at. And we want you to be able to have the same opportunities as everybody else. So if you're a gamer and you want to have those similar opportunities, and uh, you want to improve yourself, have a goal to work towards, and increase your skills, uh, that's what we're here for. And if you uh, would like to have a, you know, a program set up at a particular school uh, within your local community, come and talk to us. We'll help you work through it. We'll help convince um, you know the higher-ups and all the decision-makers out there at, to invest in this program because it is good for you. And, and what's good for you is good for the community as well. And so uh, we're here to help you do it.
2: And uh- I... Right. I'll top it off. We, a real impact story I like to share. I was uh, mentoring a foster youth in uh, when he was about a senior in high school. And I was asking what he was going to do after school. And his his initial thought was going to the military for a better resume. And I introduced him to one of the local college's esports co- esports coaches. And after talking to him about the games he plays and, and stuff like that, he was offered a I don't know, something like a $30,000, $18,000 scholarship. I don't, it was a pretty significant number. It was a large number of to go play uh, esports with them.
0: That is the coolest thing because, you know, the statistics are, especially amongst the uh, foster care kids, that like 25% of them, at least this is what one of the statistics I was given is 25% of them actually graduate from high school and a lot of them, very few of them ever go to college and very few of them have a, 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 have the self-esteem that they can carry with them and to become a, um, a valued member of society. And I think that's that's what you guys are doing and what this can offer kids who might otherwise be ostracized. And give them something to stand on. they can give them something really positive to be doing. I yep. think that's great. So, but will you guys come back? And I want to. I want to introduce you to my KK and W audience, which is on the radio in Seattle. Because I think that would be that would be the next step. Will you come back?
2: Sure. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Anytime.
0: Perfect. I'm, I'll, I'm going to send you a link to uh, the radio show so that because I'm on Monday, Wednesday and Friday and we'll and we'll have you on and uh, and talk to parents about uh, video games and kids. And it, it'll be great right. fun. You guys are you guys. I love what you're doing. I support it 100 percent.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Yeah.
0: thank you. You're more than welcome. So but and by the way, go to uh, Virtual Reload com find out all the information you need about them and uh if you're if your kid has I and I don't even know that you, the kid needs to show promise if he enjoys video games why not yeah, yeah so, I mean you, you, you think don't think know. It,
2: right you didn't you didn't start peee football because you showed promise in football right I mean no, and I know is 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 starting out to see if it's something they, they could do or they want to do you
1: know
0: and I, I as a young football player I was terrible by the time I,
1: <laughs> kevin's the exception not the rule
0: by the time by the time i was done i was an all-conference athlete so you know it uh it it's just a matter of training and and going and going through it and 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 having a desire to make it happen so so absolutely. i i think what you guys are doing are great and the more opportunity we can give our children the better off they'll all be absolutely
1: absolutely
0: so if you guys will wait right there, I want to thank you both for being here. We're going to have you back. And uh, and again, thank you so much. Wait right there. I'll be right back. Okay, hey, thanks. thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald and I'm proud of these shows and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.